Hey, I just want to say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube. But ultimately, you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. Hi everybody, and welcome to Christian Life Church Online. We're really glad you're with us again today as we are actually doing the last of our soundtracks series. Over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna have some guest uh, speakers and uh, we're then gonna be moving into the Christmas season and talking about some topics relevant to that. Well, today as we talk about soundtracks, I've entitled today's message, Unbelievable. And that's actually a phrase I use quite a bit, quite often, as I look at different situations and I'll often say, oh man, that is unbelievable. And I'm gonna be looking at Genesis chapter three, uh, verse one and verse four today is kind of the, the basis of what I wanna talk about. Uh, John Acuff says that the best part about the internet is that you can hire your heroes. He says, everyone you admire is only one tweet or Instagram post away. Knowledge and information uh, is available instantly. It's, it's unprecedented in any time of human history that we have so much knowledge available to us at our fingertips. And one of the, the uh, things that we commonly hear about are people that are called influencers, or they call themselves influencers. And an influencer is, is somebody who inspires and guides the actions of other people. And oftentimes they'll establish their credibility online. They'll have a whole bunch of followers, maybe thousands of followers, might have a huge audience. And an influencer will persuade other people to, to buy products or, or to have experiences based on their recommendations. They're influencers. And in many ways, they have become you know, our guides, the ones who we follow. And so I asked the question, who, who influences you? Who guides you? Who helps you make choices and, and decisions? And who are your heroes? Who are the voices on your soundtrack? And we've been talking about soundtracks and we recognize that there are thoughts or the voices we listen to in our heads. And, and in our past, our influences might've been, you know, like authority figures, uh, a teacher, a professor at university or college, uh, leaders, uh, maybe a political leader, authors, a pastor, uh, people that, that we follow and they influence us because of their character, their knowledge, their experience, or maybe their relationship to us. Parents are influencers. Um, there's always been positive and negative influencers in people's lives. Positive and negative influencers give positive and negative soundtracks that, that we listen to. And, and some of those soundtracks really truly are unbelievable. Some influencers are unbelievable, like we should not believe them. 
they're, they're false, they're, they're lousy influencers, they have poor messages, untrue, deceptive messages. And I want to take you back to Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 and verse 4 of what I think is the first negative influencer that came along and, and spoke to people. And it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? Verse 4, he says, you will not certainly die, the, the, the serpent said to the woman. And so the story here is, you know, you've got Adam and Eve, the first, uh, first man and woman in the Garden of Eden. And God had told them, in chapter 2, verse 15 and 16, um, he said, you're in the garden, I want you to work the garden, I want you to take care of it, and he commanded Adam, he said, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat it, you will surely die. And so up until this point, the only influencer that Adam had was God. He listened to God. God told him what to do, and, and so he did it. God was Adam's influencer. And then in Genesis chapter 3, another influencer comes along, and now we've got Eve, and, and, uh, and the influencer is serpent, is the serpent, or also known as Satan. And his tactic was very, very, uh, very good. He, he questioned and he contradicted what God said. What Satan does is, like even today, he makes the unthinkable acceptable, and then he makes it normal, and then he makes it what everyone does, and then, you know, he'll make it obligatory, like you have to do it. When, not too long ago, it was unthinkable. And what he did with Eve was, he did exactly that. He, and he hid the consequences of his actions, of her actions, if she was to follow his advice. He convinced Eve that if she did what he wanted her to do, eat the, the, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he convinced her that she would be enlightened, that she would be knowledgeable, and she'd be wise. She'd be really smart. You do this, you're going to really have an edge up on, on, on anyone else. And so Eve took the fruit, and she ate it, and then she passed it on to Adam. And that was the result of the fall of mankind. And, and because of what they did in the garden, we now live in a world that's in a fallen state. Not a redeemed state, but in a fallen state. And so we're burdened with sin and temptation, and we have this sinful nature that we have to contend with. We struggle between good and evil. And the Apostle Paul actually writes about this in Romans chapter 7. He said, I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate to do, I do. And so Paul is, is actually relating to us and saying, I struggle. I get tempted and I do the wrong things. And and, and we see that Satan here, when we go back to Genesis, was the first deceptive influencer. He was the first one to introduce a deceptive soundtrack for people to follow. 
And so now we're in this place where up is down and down is up and left is right and right is left and right is wrong and wrong is right and, and good is bad and bad is good. And, you know, it's, it's all mixed up. Facts are fiction and fiction is facts. And he starts, Satan started this, as the serpent in the garden started this by, by simply saying, did God say? You question God. Some influencers are deceptive. Some influencers are liars. And Satan, as an influencer, does not have the same creative abilities that God does. You see, God can create heavens and earth. God created sex. God created... Uh, you know, the beasts of the field and the, the creatures in the sea, God created. I believe that. Satan only has the ability to take what God creates and destroy it, pervert it, twist it. And he has this ability to make things sound good and acceptable and reasonable because he's extremely subtle. And that's why you and I have this daily struggle with sin and with temptation. But the good news is you're not alone. It's part of our human condition. And it's why we need Jesus, why we need his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness, and why we need the Holy Spirit to help us and to lift us. When we say that we're without sin, we make God out to be a liar and his, his word isn't in us, 1 John 10, 10 says. Jesus wants to be your influencer. And he can be. And so I want to talk for a minute about how do we discern deception. The soundtracks we listen to will, will determine the direction of our lives. They will be the script for how we live. They will dictate what we accept and what we condone. They will help us influence others. When Eve fell into sin, it wasn't Satan that tempted Adam. It was Eve that got him into it. She brought Adam along. She brought him into it. Satan only needed to convince Eve, and she did the rest for him. And so how do we discern deception? Well, I want to give you a few points here. One of the ways we can discern deception is by the power of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, it talks about the distinguishing of spirits. And there are three basic spirits that we need to be able to discern or distinguish. That of, of God, of man, or of Satan. Is, is something from God or is it just something that, that's man-made? Or is this actually a demonic um, influence? Cindy uh, Mac, Macmanani. Macmanin. Macmanin. That's right. Let's go back. Cindy McNaman uh, wrote this. She said, have you ever had a conversation with another believer that caused unrest in your spirit? Maybe it was when you started hearing about a relationship or a lifestyle or even a, a new philosophy or perspective of theirs that, that gave you a sick feeling in your gut. Did you ever consider your internal response an indication that you were being critical, judgmental, or intolerant? Or that of that brother or sister in Christ? Or could it be that you have a gift of the spirit of discernment? You see, when we're discerning something to be good or evil, um, right or wrong, 
we'll oftentimes feel it in our gut. There's that unsettled feeling. There's, there's that sense that there's just no peace. There's a sick feeling in the pit of our stomach. And, and we discern. And, and we discern whether we're going to re reject it or, or accept it. Now, you know, this is a Pentecostal church. And um, I've been in a lot of meetings over the years that I've, I've gone to church. And, and sometimes there are manifestations of the Holy Spirit, or sometimes supposed manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I remember one time uh, a lady in a church a number of years ago was giving a prophetic word. And she started out as really good. It was really good. But then by the time she finished, it was like, yeah, I don't know. And I, I, I kind of concluded that she started in the spirit and she ended in the flesh. She wasn't speaking from the devil. She wasn't saying anything bad. But it just, you could just tell when the spirit had stopped speaking and she took over. And every time I hear a prophetic utterance, I am waiting, I'm discerning, I'm listening. Is this of God? Is this the Holy Spirit? Or does this person just feel exuberant and they want to say something? And, uh, you know, we, we need to be discerning. We need to be weighing things out. As people sit in church, they need to be listening to the Word, weighing it out, discerning if the speaker is saying what's right or what's wrong. And 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. We test the spirit. We don't just sit there and, oh, well, you know, if somebody said it's of God, it's of God. You test the spirit. You test the spirit of the guy you're listening to on the internet, of the, the TV evangelist. You test the spirit. You weigh it out. You listen to what they're saying and you discern whether that is truth or a lie if it's something that is of God or something they're making up to manipulate people. He goes on to say that many false prophets have gone out into the world. And the Holy Spirit will help you discern and judge good from evil, truth from lies, to test everything. Another way that we discern deception is by the word of God. You see, Adam and Eve fell because they went against God's spoken word. He told them specifically what they were to do and what they were not to do, and they did the opposite. Satan was very subtle in that he didn't, you know, come out and say, oh, God doesn't know what he's talking about, listen to me. If, if he would have done that, they probably would have said, well, we're not really sure who you are, Mr. Serpent, but no, we're going to go with God. No, he didn't do that. He was really subtle. He was really conniving. And he just kind of questioned, you know, what God has said and, and just kind of put a different spin on it. You know, one of the, the concerns I have is some denominationals, leaders, and, and I'm talking about denominations that have traditionally been Bible-believing and very conservative in their practices and beliefs. They preach the gospel and, and all of that. And, and people have come in and they have influenced denominations to, you know, change a doctrinal position here and there. And, and maybe we need to get with the times a little bit. Maybe we need to kind of update what we believe. And, and so now what you actually find is they're no longer emphasizing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Savior who came to die for sinners on the cross, a, a Savior who, who gave his life for sin, to being soft and loving and, you know, we're just going to affirm people. We're just going to accept them and, you know, whatever, whatever is going on, we're, we're, we're all about love. 
And we got to guard against the erosion of truth or drifting from the Word of God and not be accepting new truth and new ideas. Now, that, that sounds kind of weird for me to say that, but it's true. We don't need new truth. We stick to the timeless truth of the Word of God because God has not changed. His Word has not changed. He is unchanging. His truth is eternal. It was in the beginning, John, 1, uh, John chapter 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the very beginning was the Word. His truth is eternal. And then when you look at the very last chapter of Revelation, it talks about how we're not supposed to add to the Word. And so we discern truth from deception by the Word of God. Does it line up with the Word of God? Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you read the Word? Does your Bible have dust on its cover? Do you know where it is in your house? Do you daily immerse yourself in the truth of the Word of God? If the answer is no, then you may be a lazy, undisciplined Christian. You may not be uh, as wise as you think you are because if we're not in the Word, we can't discern truth from error. We can't discern what's right and what's wrong. We need to know the Word. We need to be in the Word. And God needs to be speaking to you through His Word. Because if He's not, you're susceptible to have other voices speak to you, and you're in grave danger of being deceived and influencing others and deceiving them. See, Eve felt she was right. She really thought she was on the money. And, and, and there's a lot of Christians today who feel they're right. But if you listen to them, they're changing. They're changing what they believe. They're changing what they stand for. They're accepting of things that they should not be accepting of. They're affirming things they should never affirm. We need to be aligned with the Word and believing and living the Word because if we're not, we're in error. So another way to discern deception is through discipline. We are to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus did not have 12 Christians. He had 12 disciples. A disciple is a dedicated follower of Jesus, one who adheres to and is a student of Jesus. And this is such a serious issue that, that even the Apostle Paul emphasized it. And he said in 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27, Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly, and I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. No. I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And so what Paul was talking about here is he says, I discipline myself. I push myself. I expect a lot of myself because I don't want to be disqualified. Even the apostle Paul was concerned that after he preached to other people, he himself could be disqualified. He could fall. He was deeply concerned about being disqualified. A follower of Christ is all in. They're singularly focused on pursuing Christ and living for Him. And a disciple of Christ loves other people deeply. And even people who are still not followers of Christ themselves, we love them. But at the same time, we love the truth. We don't compromise the truth. James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25 says, Don't merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. 
And if anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So I want to wrap this little talk up with this. This is the last message we're doing on soundtracks. And so over the last several weeks, we have tackled our thought life. Messages you've heard through trauma, through negative situations, through your childhood, through past experiences. Messages you hear that, that just come to you from, from outside sources, everything around us that influences us. The way we talk to ourselves, the, the, the messages we give ourselves, the way we think. As a man thinks, that's the way he goes. The soundtracks we listen to need to be truthful. And we discern the truth, as we've talked about today, by the Spirit, by the Word, and by discipline. And I want to encourage you to let this be a call to action. A call to full engagement in being a disciple of Jesus. A call out of lazy, apathetic Christianity to devoted discipleship. You can be devoted to all kinds of things. Your mental health, your physical health, your diet, your exercise, your job, your education. But first and foremost, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to be really clear that our first priority should be Jesus Christ. Our first priority should be the pursuit of God and the knowledge of His Word and walking and living in the Holy Spirit. And from that should flow the rest of our lives. And so let that be a challenge to you. If that's not where you're at, you're all upside down. If that's not where you're at, you need to get it turned around. And, uh, and so that, this word is for people who identify themselves as followers of Jesus, as born-again Christian believers. You know what it boils down to? Get serious and stop messing around. Stop playing the games and get real serious because it's a serious matter. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to tell you today that there's a better way to live than maybe what you've been doing. Maybe, maybe what you've been doing has been working for you, but Jesus Christ is is, is a wonderful Savior. He loves you. He gave his life for you. He died for you. And I'm not calling you to join a religion or join a church. I'm asking you to consider having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and seeing the difference he can make in your life. I'm glad I did it. I was a young boy when I did it, and I've never regretted that decision. It's kept me out of a lot of trouble. It's given me hope. It's given me um, principles. It's given me um, guidance. It's given me, I guess, what you could say is, is a direction to, to follow, a direction to go. And as a follower of Christ, I, I've never felt let down. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to be a follower of Christ, it, it is simple. Lord Jesus, come into my life be my Savior, forgive my sins. But then it follows up with, with really becoming a follower of Him. 
getting into his word, getting into fellowship, getting with other believers in Jesus Christ, other followers of Jesus Christ, finding a church to attend, a, a Bible study to attend, and, and pursuing God with all of your heart. Well, thank you for joining with us today. We're going to have, like I said, some guest speakers next week is going to be uh, Vern Kratz, a, a longtime friend of mine and uh, assistant superintendent for uh, the Pentecost Assemblies of Canada here in Manitoba. And I know that he's going to have a good word for you. I know you're going to be encouraged by it. Let me pray, pray with you right now as we, as we close. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. And I pray that you would help us to follow you, to be discerning, and to have the soundtracks resonating in our hearts and in our lives that are your soundtracks, that are true soundtracks. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you again for joining us, and we hope to see you next week. God bless you.